Hey, everybody. We've got a great show today. It is the best of 2022. We're so excited to cover everything that's going on the last 10% and Think Move Thrive and some of our favorite episodes from this year. We've got a special guest again today. You don't want to miss this show. Welcome to the last 10%. Your host, Dallas Burnett, dives into incredible conversations that will inspire you to finish well and finish strong. Listen as guests share their journeys and valuable advice on living in the last 10%. If you are a leader, a coach, a business owner, or someone looking to level up, you are in the right place. Remember, you can give 90% effort and make it a long way, but it's finding out how to unlock the last 10% that makes all the difference in your life, your relationships, and your work. Now, here's Dallas. Welcome, welcome, welcome to The Last 10%. I am Dallas Burnett in Thrive Studios, sitting in my 1905 Koch Brothers Barber chair. More importantly, today we have a special guest, the first time we've had a guest back on the show by popular demand, my <laughs> wife, Danielle. Yay! Thank yes, you for having me absolutely. back. Absolutely. <laughs> Now, we got a lot of good feedback from the last time that you were on the show, and so we decided to do the best of show together. So don't get a big head on, on the best of, because <laughs> you're the first guest to come back on the last 10%. Thank you for having me back, Dallas. I'm pretty pumped about being back. You've had a lot of amazing guests. Yes, we have. We have. Yeah. And so, Well, that's good. I wanted to just go through a little bit this morning on the guests that we've had, but also what's going on with with some other things like Think, Move, Thrive. So wanted to talk right. quickly about Think, Move, Thrive. This year, Think, Move, Thrive, which is the parent company of the last 10%, has launched a coaching app. And you probably hear it in some of the little ad rolls in the middle of, of some of these episodes. But one of the cool things we just wanted to share with everybody, we've just gotten a lot of positive feedback from a lot of people. And it's just been really cool. We've gotten people from all... What's wild is that we had started the app as a coaching system for business leaders. And so if you're a leader in a business and we had put that together for you, but what we found is that there was not only businesses that adopted this coaching system, but we've had nonprofits that's pulled it on. We've had, yeah. we've had churches that's pulled it on. None, none yeah. of this was actually expected. So that's been really cool to see. So we're really excited in 2023 because we're going to have a, a big push to get more signups on that app, but we have had just a great, great response to that. And yeah. We're moving forward and almost done with the book. We should have that out after the first of the year. And so we're really excited about that. And it's and the book, I'll give a little teaser. It's all about how it's how you create really healthy cultures in your organization and not just like this theoretical stuff, but the tools that you use to do that. So we get into that in the book. So I'm really excited about that. I'm excited too. Yeah. Now I know a little bit more about that book and mm -hmm. the process of writing it. And do your listeners know anything else about it, the name or anything like that? Oh, we haven't said, <laughs> we haven't told that. Should we? It's should okay. We... You might want to do a grand reveal in January. Okay. All right. We'll do the grand I just reveal. Wondered. We'll get, we'll do That's the grand exciting. reveal in January. We've already been working on the cover and right. actually, you know what? We'll do the, we'll do the grand reveal just for the name. We'll do the name. The name of the book is Lift. And so lift. Gonna, lift is coming out after the first of the year. 
And uh, we're really excited about that. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, it's going to be amazing. Be yeah, fun book. One I of the other, put it down. Yeah, so. one of the other times, I know it's a little bit different. It's a, it's not like Move. We had we were written a book a few years ago called Move, and that was just something that I wrote for, for the world. And, uh, and we enjoyed that, and it was a great book and still is. And But Lift is a lot different than Move. Move had a lot of personal stories in it and a lot of examples from history and different things like that. Lift is a business fable because we wanted to make this mm -hmm. an easy to digest for everybody, all kind of readers. So there's something in it for everybody. So we're excited about that. Well, awesome. Well, I'm going to turn the tables on you, Dallas. Oh, I'm no. I'm going to be the podcaster. You, she comes on the second show. She comes on She comes on the second show and she already starting to take over, starting to interview. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> Watch out, Daniel's here. So when I've been listening to all your episodes, and I, I've been so amazed, I think this is our 16th? Is that, yes, this is our that's 16th right. Episode, 16th right? episode, yes. And each one, first of all, you've had amazing guests on mm. here, and we're just so thankful for each of them sharing their stories. But each interview, you'll say something to the, to the, to the effect of, here at the last 10%, we really value this. Or here at the last 10%, we really value that. And so I just thought it'd be a nice moment for you to tell the listeners and even me what you mean by that when you were talking to, gosh, I can think of several guests in my mind right now that specifically you guys talked a lot about that, like what it means to live in the last 10%. Mm, that's, that's a great question. You put me on the spot this morning. Okay, so the last 10% is all about finishing well and finishing strong. So the idea is we want to unpack stories and concepts and best practices, mindsets, and all that from people who have finished well and finished strong in whatever they're doing. However, there's a catch to that because the idea is to finish well and finish strong, you actually have to run the race strong. And so what we're not just saying this is how you finish. We're saying this is how you run the race to finish this way. And and so we want to inspire people. We want to encourage people. We want to equip people. And that's how, the, and all of those things are rolled up into essentially having an individual, one of two things, have them be able to meet their potential. We want everybody to be able to meet that potential and thrive in that situation. And that's how we finish well and finish strong. Or we want to give resources to leader coaches so that they can use these resources, these fantastic stories, these amazing people that we're having on the show they can mm -hmm. use those stories. For example, if they have somebody going through a crisis, we, we talked, we, we're going to talk about Tyran Jackson in, in one of his episodes in terms of how he battled yeah. and dealt with this tremendous tragedy right. and then was able to come through it and have experience and, and choose resilience. And yeah. so maybe somebody on their team goes through this tragedy and they just right. need to have them be able to choose resilience. But this is now a great resource yeah. they can share. So we just yeah. really want to make the last 10% encouraging, we want to make it equipping and we want to help people meet their potential. And, and yeah. so, yeah, that's what the last 10% is all about. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, that's one of the core values that we have in our family is finishing well and finishing strong. And I tell you, it's one of those messages that it, you need to have it no matter if you're mopping a floor or if you're, you know, we have yes. a, a rental, cleaning a rental or I don't know, uh, any job, you know, even in sales, when I was in pharmaceutical sales, making one more call. Yes. Every day, you know, to meet the potential that you have for yourself, not just to be pretty good at your job, but to be great. Yes. Because it doesn't take that much more to be great. But on the other hand, it does take that much more. It takes a lot of intention. So yes. I love it. I think that intentionality is what one of the things you see. And that's the things in the last 10% is you start to see these themes emerge. 
And what you just said was there was intentionality behind, you were talking about pharmaceutical sales or any type of sales, there's intentionality behind that and the effort. There's just that little bit more. You can do just a little bit more, be a little bit better. And the, the biggest thing, another thing that you mentioned there was the consistency theme is that we are what we repeatedly do. And so if you want to be finished yeah. well and finished strong, then what are the routines we're putting in our life that help us do that? Whether they're at work, the rhythms that we have at work, whether they're the rhythms that we have at home or rhythms is just personal. It's, it's really important that we establish those to help us get to that, that next level. So that's mm-hmm. great. Hey, listen, yeah, I'm taking back over. Are you ready to dive in on some of these <laughs> I'm episodes? I'm it back. <laughs> All right. You toss it back to me. So we want to talk through some of our favorite episodes of the year. We'll start with, I'll start with the first one. Yeah. Dallas Glass oh, was definitely, guy. what a one to lead off with. Just yes. cool guy and great to reconnect with him. I haven't talked to him in many years until that episode. And, and since then, we've had time, even more time to catch up. But he is a mount. He's an he is a, an avalanche forecaster out in the the northwest, and amazing stories from that. And then also he had had been a mountain guide that also guided Mount Everest. And so just hearing his stories were just insane, insane. They were amazing. I mean, yes, Preston. yes. And you would want Dallas Glass to be your guide. He oh, say, yeah. What was one of your favorite stories that he shared? Because he shared so many. Mm, favorite story for that uh, that episode probably for me was, I got a couple. Number one, I really loved yeah. his story about the ice waterfall in the middle of the night when they were in their camp and the ice waterfall collapses. And they're supposed to go up the ice waterfall the next day. And the Sherpas come and get them out of bed at two in the morning. And they're like, hey we got to go and find a way through this thing so that we can continue to climb the mountain. Now, that's, to me, you're on the side of this ridiculous mountain in like sub-zero temperatures, and you have to get up at 2 in the morning and go in the middle of the pitch black night and try to not just climb an ice waterfall, but an ice waterfall that has collapsed, and you're trying to now climb it with, what, a headlamp or something like that? And in the dark, I mean, I don't. That's insane. So that you yeah, don't fall to your death. Yeah, at danger for everybody else to know what to do the next yeah. day. Oh, my God. I liked, amazing. The, I liked his routine, too. At the, you remember his routine at the top of the mountain? I like that. Yes, I loved that. Yeah, I know that you love that. We've talked about that several times, about being intentional, about celebrating things yeah. that got to the top. And yeah, he would make sure everybody's oxygen was on because he had some guy crazy up there that was, like, walking around with no oxygen tank. Oh. And I was like, yeah, you need to put your oxygen back on and uh, before you die. And yeah, so he I got their oxygen. minutes, you can die. Yeah, right. yeah. And then he helped them celebrate and everybody hugged and whatnot. And then after that, he's, okay, y'all take off. And then he's he sat there for a few minutes, watched the sun come up and drank his hot tea. Mm. Took hot tea to the top of the mountain and drank that. Hot tea. I just thought that was really cool that he didn't celebrate. He celebrated it, the high fives and everything with the team, the hugs and everything. But then he had this reflection of the moment, just like right there in the moment to take it, just really savor that, take it all in. And you could just see it. Everything's unfolded in slow motion for him sitting there with a hot tea. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I love the idea of planning for that, like planning to have a moment up there, because I think he had to like bring the hot tea, you know, and yes. and, and, and plan to send everybody back down and then take his moment and if your listeners haven't listened to that episode, it is amazing. He goes through so many things. I mean, what is a Sherpa? I didn't even know what yeah. that word was. <laughs> we already have introduced that concept. If people haven't even listened to that episode, you need to go back and find yeah, out. Yeah, that's a fun a episode. That was a fun episode, <laughs> Sherpa. Yeah. 
And so I also like anybody that anybody that trains for an event like this, like climbing Mount Everest, eating buttery baked goods is my kind of guy. I'm still in training. In fact, I'm just in perpetual training because I love buttery baked goods as well. Yeah. (laughs) So one of us, one of the Dallas's has climbed Mount Everest and the other one hasn't, but both the Dallas's enjoy buttery baked goods. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. But on his trek up Everest, he lost so much weight. And that's yeah. why he had to pack on pounds. Yeah. That was so interesting. 17% I never of his knew body that. Weight. Yeah, I didn't realize Gosh. how long it took to get to the top. I just thought, yeah, I was just ignorant on, on that one. But yeah, yeah it, took, yeah. it took weeks and weeks, a couple, actually a couple, couple months, two or three months. All right, well, moving on. That was episode number one. So if you like anything that, if you heard anything in there that you'd like to listen to, you haven't checked out Dallas Glass, check him out. It's the second episode, Greg Hill, one of my favorite uh, parts of that, he's a music executive from Nashville. He represents a lot of huge country music artists right now, was kind enough to be on the show. And he talked about a great charity in Nashville. It's a, a music charity that's fantastic. You'll have to check out the episode if you want to hear more about that. One of the coolest, yeah. coolest charities. And uh, he made a comment from the great Kenny Rogers, the gambler, and his quote oh, yeah. was, it's not how much money you can make in a day, but how many days you can make money in this business. And so I just thought that was a great perspective because so it's so easy, especially for entrepreneurs that are starting out, they're trying to hit the home run and, and they're like looking at the 30 under 30 on Forbes or, or Fortune magazine. They're trying to, to be in the INC whatever list. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Very thankful that people are recognized for great accomplishments. But what he's saying is it's not about that. It's not about having the massive hit single and seeing how much money you can make in one day. And then you just, you're a one hit wonder and gone. It's doing the things that are just that consistent, intentional efforts that put you in the game and keep you in the game, building that brand, building a consistency that just keep you there for a long time. Even if you make a little bit, but you make enough, then you stay in the game. And I think for entrepreneurs, that's a big deal. Just staying in the game, staying in the game. So I thought that was yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. Now, episode three, you you were very fond of episode three, Elizabeth Ooh. Rizard. What's Elizabeth your thoughts on Elizabeth? That was number three. Oh, I just love Elizabeth. She and I have been friends for a good while, and we were introduced to each other through another friend. And, and man, what a story. I mean, she's just such a beautiful lady and has a beautiful family. But I, I just am amazed um, just hearing her talk and then likewise reading her book. She has a book. And her story, if you've not listened to episode three, I would recommend it for sure. But uh, her story is that she and her family escaped communist Laos. And her dad worked with the U.S. military when they were there. But then when they left, it left families that had assisted the U.S in a in a bad place so I yeah 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 he it, made these, home with us, we have a nine-year-old and i was just like oh my goodness he oh, made these God. negotiations what was impressive to me is that number one he had an amazing resolve to to make it through this ordeal because it just kept going and kept going and yet he made like when he started out he's living with his family in a concentration camp and is able mm-hmm. to set up this intricate like boat that's going to take him across the river miles away a bus that they got to get on yeah. to get to the boat. And he sets all this up while working for years in a concentration camp. And I'm sitting there like, man, how does one pull that off? But he did. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it's just an amazing He was just story. not going to take. Yeah, it is amazing story. He was not going to take no for an answer. Yeah. We talked about it before. He had such just, um, just, a, just like you said, the word resolve to not give up. And a couple of things about their story is just 
I, I, you'll tear up, you know, I, I teared up every night reading the book to the girls and I would have to hand it to you, Dallas, yeah. and be like, take over, I can't finish this, yeah, it was intense. this chapter. Just because, I mean, they're, in some cases, we're having to eat bugs just to survive. Oh, gosh, and, yeah. And just, just difficult. So I, another thing that I love about her and I love about their story is no matter how difficult things are here in America, listening to her talk about what America means to her mm. and to their family. Yeah, yeah. And it just renews this sense of pride and just joy about being an American and also yeah. just living living in this country, living in America. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing. So think, yeah, check that one out for sure if you yeah, haven't listened to it. If you need encouragement on having endurance, if you're an entrepreneur, business owner, team member, and you're just going through a difficult patch, everybody does. Life is tough, life is rough, and you want some encouragement about how to move towards a vision even when it's hard, you should listen to Elizabeth because it will just it will set a perspective. It will set up a perspective in your mind where you can say, well, it might be hard, but it's it might be bad, but it's not that bad and it's not that no. hard because that that and yeah. you just never gave up, right? Yeah, I just mean never give up. sometimes business and sometimes family and sometimes life is just like that where you're like, yeah. I just can't I can't do it anymore. And yeah. and the fact is that you can. Yep. You can do it. Yep. And you have to have that confidence and resolve to say, I know where I'm going. I'm, I know what I'm doing and I'm going to keep going. I'm mm -hmm. going to keep moving. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay. Episode four, Mr. Don Oglesby. He is the CEO yeah. of Homes of Hope, which is a fantastic nonprofit. They build homes for families in need, low-income families, and their homes are market grade. So they are really nice homes actually. And they've built hundreds yeah. and hundreds and I think they're over 600 homes now. So it's really good charity. They are great at what they do, but it wasn't always this robust and it didn't have all the resources they have now. And he tells the story of where they came from. And essentially they started out, one of the things I admire about Don is in the beginning, the level of faith that he had in what he was supposed to do. And that when they started, this his story that was really cool to me was that they, when they started, he was being fully funded by this company. And this founder of this company was just killing it. And he was like, hey, I want to do something with good from, with my money. I'm going to start this, this charity, this nonprofit. He starts it and they have five employees and they, they're doing all this work and doing all this great stuff. And then the market tanks and the dot-com bubble burst in 2000 and everything just falls apart. And the founder's like, hey, I'm out of money. I can't do this anymore. And then Don and his team, all five people, they go, we're just going to keep on acting like the money's there. And literally for two years, Don works with without taking pay. He The self-sacrifice he showed, if they had money come in and donations come in, it went to his staff first. And then yeah. finally, after two years, and his wife didn't work at the time. She was like a stay-at-home mom. I thought, how, like, what in the world? How does that even happen? He's like, well, my rent would be due, and somebody just walk up and hand me a check. And it's yeah, like, oh like you gosh. said, so much faith. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of people. A lot of people. So that yeah. was cool. Yeah. That was very cool. Episode five, Mr. Chili. Oh, Noah Chili Cochran. He was, he was awesome. Tell, he was you awesome. liked that episode, too. I loved him. He is the nicest person. One story that stands out to me, and just he ran cross country in college, I think, and yes. been before. Well, he said, you know, 8Ks and 10Ks and all this, they were just not enough for me, Dallas. And he just kind of left that scene of the 8Ks and 10Ks, which is when miles, like, you know, four, five, six miles, 10Ks, yeah, like six yeah. or something. So, all that to be said, he leaves that world of those measly 50-yard dashes to him. 
and goes to the ultra marathon level of running which, which i don't I even, even know. know like how do you make that jump and you're like hey i'm running a few miles i think i'm just gonna go run 100 i don't know i how think you i'll run so it, that's ridiculous <laughs> i can't run anymore that's ridiculous <laughs> it is crazy i wonder if he buttery baked goods like that mm. <laughs> i don't know if he i don't know if he's crushing those buttery baked goods like dallas It'd man be a good excuse if you're gonna run 100 miles uh, to get some buttery baked maybe goods. i don't know but i feel like dad put lead in your feet you'd just be like <laughs> i can't move i just want to go lay everyone from the park bench over there and sleep at least that's what i would do but that's not i'm not an ultra marathoner so maybe i don't know strong great mind yeah. yeah great mind wonderful mindset. so he goes out and he exceeds Anything that I think anybody had expected for him. Oh, yeah. But at some point, I don't know if it was like 40 hours in. I don't know what it was. It's crazy. Yeah. It was like one of those races. It was like last man standing. And I can't even fathom that in my mind. But it was like you run and you take a 15 minute break and then just keep going. So he said, I was not the last man standing. But he said, my body just like fell apart. It was like going against me. Yeah. Yeah, Shut down. And so he left the race and he was just like, man. I cannot believe I did not win this. I really thought I was going to win this. Yeah. He had such resolve and determination that he was going to win it. But then when he went home, I think it's just so inspirational because we all have moments like that where we, we think something's going to work out and then, uh-oh, life happens. It doesn't work out like we thought it would. Or, you know, it's just different. And I love his response, Dallas. I love that he said, you know what? I'm not giving up on this. I'm going to be a winning ultra marathon runner. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this, but next time I'm going to train. I'm going to train really well. And I think he took a year to train and he rejoined the whole circuit of doing the ultra marathons and he won. And he not only wins these things, but he like sets course records or something like that, like on a lot of the courses that he runs. So it's just amazing to think that he left that first experience and did not give up, but said, I'm coming back and I'm going to come back and I'm not going to leave anything on the table. I'm going to train my heart out. I'm going to do what's needed. And I love his humility in the next race. He said, I don't know if I'm going to win. So it's very different than the first. He said, but I'm going to do everything that I can to set me up to win. And then he did. He went out and and he and he did it. I love that because it was like he didn't let, he allowed that failure to just sink in on him. And I think this is the mindset. That's one of the reasons why I respect his mindset so much is that he allowed that failure. He, what he didn't do is he didn't allow the failure to define his identity, but he did allow the failure to inform his effort and his practice and his intentions. And so it's, yes, I absolutely went out there, thought I was going to crush it. I did better than anybody else would expect, but I did not meet my expectations. But it's, he didn't say, I failed, so I can't do this anymore. I'm just not cut out for ultra marathon. And if I can't win when I walk out, he just said, Okay, I'm going to look around and see what other people are doing. And hey, they're training like this and I'm not doing that. So that failure just continued to inform his growth, but it didn't inform his identity. It didn't define his identity. I think that was a really cool part for me. He also had a great one-liner. He said, emotions don't make, or emotions make terrible leaders is what I think he said. I love that. I love that idea. If you're leading a team, the further you can separate your emotions from a situation that you're leading, the better off you're going to be most of the time. At least mm-hmm. it is in, in conflict. They'll oh, yeah. Get, it'll get you fired up and help you run through a wall, but sometimes it's not the, the best thing to do when leading the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a lot of great one-liners. I mean, I can't remember them all right now, but definitely yeah, if you haven't I heard did. that that conversation, you need to go back and check it out. He is yeah. so, he's so inspirational. Such a great guy. Sheila was number five and six was Mr. Tyran Jackson. I love Tyran. Oh, I love him. Yeah. 
oh man, you just feel like you want to shake his hand and give him a hug. He's just such a kind, just joyful person. And y'all laugh. Yeah. Y'all oh, laugh yeah. like we laugh like we knew each other and we didn't until we got on that show, but it was awesome. And I've had, I've had interactions with him after the show. It's just been great. He's the coolest guy. And uh, yeah, so he just a great story. And and to have that kind of just attitude and gratitude after going through what he went through, his story oh, of he, 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 tragedy that struck his him and his wife on their like wedding anniversary, 12 year wedding anniversary. And then yeah. ultimately he talked to, to how the, you know, accident happened and that he ended up losing uh, a leg out of the deal, lost his wife and then had to put his life back together. And it's just an unbelievable story of resilience. And I thought that was really good. His quote for me, my favorite was, it's not about getting back what's lost. It's about reshaping what's left. I thought that was, oh, oh, it was really good. Oh, that's good stuff. Oh yeah. To encourage. And I'm telling you, we have recommended friends of ours this fall. 100%. 100%. Because when you hear his story, you just cannot believe it. You yeah. cannot believe that this tragedy would happen. I yeah. cannot do this. Yeah, and that was definitely said, the lowest no. low. Yeah, lowest low. But he said, you know, no, I've got to do this. And and he did. And he chose resilience, like you just said so well. And what a great guy. He's such an intelligent guy, so successful in his career. And I hope our paths cross with him again. He He's a great guy. Yeah, that was great. And it was a fun episode. We laugh a lot. That was a fun, that was a fun <laughs> one. That was episode six. Yeah. It was a good one. Episode seven, moving on. I loved getting to know Mace, Michelle Mace. Yeah. She was the F-16 pilot that was also a Thunderbird pilot. And her story was unbelievable. Now, the way we, I don't, some of our guests either know or have someone that I know that knows that when they refer them in. And that's how this has started. But as we've gone on, obviously, it's not just friends and family. So we were, we've reached out to different people. And and I saw, actually, for Mace, I saw a LinkedIn post. I never had connected with her. It just was up in my feed. And it was a picture of her in the cockpit of this Thunderbird flying straight down at 500 miles an hour. And her like caption was, if you want to understand trust, look at where my head is I'm flying 500 miles an hour straight down where am I looking and sure enough she's not even looking down she's looking at the wingtip of the plane beside her and I'm sitting there we got to get her on the last 10 percent that's incredible (laughs) and so it was a good show I feel like that she just has a lot to speak into that in terms of how important it is to build trust on a team and then you like the part where she shared about the differences in some of the teams that she was oh yes I loved it. We all have worked in team environments that are great and then some that are not so great. And I thought she summed it up beautifully. She had one team and she said she would go into it and it was real tense and you could just almost feel it as she was describing it. And people were supportive. It was like, if you made a mistake, it was like you were just walking on eggshells, very tense. And then she changed teams for some reason in her career. And she was a part of a team that was truly so kind, so accepting, so encouraging. And you could just almost feel the difference. Like it's just so light in this area. And what I took away from that, and I think she even made the point on there, is that where do you want to choose to be? And then secondly, where can you grow as an individual? You cannot grow in that first environment. Yes. Because you're always worried about the mistakes you're going to make. Yes. But in the second environment, when everybody's for each other and they're cheering for one another, it's almost just tangible. You can just feel it like, I'm going to be a part of that team. I'm going to love it. And I'm going to, I'm going to rise to where I need to be. I'm going to rise to my potential. 
And, and so she said that happened for her in that second team. And it was really encouraging. I thought that was really inspiring and just inspiring for all of us to be on that kind of team, but also to create that kind of team. Oh. Let's go first and let's be that. But I just, I loved her, Dallas. I love that you had her and I loved her story. She's so well-spoken and she's going to continue to speak about her story. And I think that's awesome. So. Yeah, I think for that and for that story, I think for the takeaway for me on that was in that particular story was both of the teams that she was on and they were on the other side of the planet. Like one was a base in somewhere on the other side of the world and one was a base in, in America. Both of them were flying F-16. She was part of a squadron of these F-16 pilots. And so you could look at that and say they were both, all the teams were good enough to be F-16 pilots. And yet to hear her talk about it, the level of performance increase that she had in the environment where they created a safe place that she could grow, she just really was just amazingly, just became an amazingly, just a much better pilot, in, at least in her, in her words, and much more yeah. confident pilot. And so if you're leading a team, you can lead a team and get results. And if you want to motivate people with fear and intimidation and you're going to lose your job, you know, that's fine. You can get people to perform that way, but you'll never get the level of performance. You'll never make that last 10% unless you can introduce them into a safe environment where they feel the ability to learn themselves and be able to share and be open about where they're struggling. So that's at least yeah. that's our philosophy at last 10% and I think we thrive. Next, we've got to make some haste. We've got so many. We're going to have to jump a few because we'll never You've finish. You've had so the, many. have had so many, yeah. Oh, Dallas, the songwriter. You have Emily. Oh, yeah, Emily. Well, that was Gosh. one of the more recent ones. We've had We've the had Rebecca Hart was the last one on 15. She was the Paralympic rider. captain of the team. Yeah, the rider of the Paralympic equestrian team. Dr. Mo, I really like Dr. Mo's interview. He's the PGA golf coach. And sports psychologist, so he works with Zach Johnson, Lucas Glover, Tom Watley. He is the coolest guy. But Dr. Mo, I loved his kind of his talk on his focus on self-talk and how you hear on CBS if you're watching the Masters, you hear this announcers and he stands over the 18th and he's making his putt. If he hits it, he makes a million dollars or ten million or whatever it is. And if he loses, he it's done. He's his career's over. And you're just like, oh my gosh, there's so much pressure. And he's, that's great for TV because they're trying to build that anticipation. You're, they want you to just be right there. But he's, it's terrible if you're the actual guy putting. You do not want to be thinking what the announcers are saying, the announcer voice. And so I thought that was a really great analogy because I think a lot of people walk around with announcer voice in their head. And he was like, he works with golfers to get that out. So instead of them saying, oh my gosh, I got to get this putt. If I don't, I'm going to lose a million. He's saying, you think about what you can control and focus on what you control. So what's the distance to the hole? What's the speed of the green? What's the break? And that kind of stuff. And so it's like he's setting up a routine and a consistency there. I just thought that was great. Training, his intentionality of training how you talk to yourself was fantastic. I think that was a good takeaway. And yeah. I also liked his part where he said, no matter what you do in whatever job you have, and I thought this was great for leaders. I think this is a challenge to leaders, especially coaches, because that's what we do. Like leader coaches, and I include bosses, managers, company owners, all this in here. He said, every job has at least three things that you got to be really good at doing to be successful in that job. Now, you got to be able to stand over a ball and focus intently and make a putt if you're a pro PGA golfer. That's one of the things you got to be really good at if you want to do that. But I think that what was inspiring to me is, is that 
you should know that. So if you're leading an organization or a team, what are the three things? Have you thought about that? What are the three things that you need to do if you want to finish strong, if you want to live in the last 10%, what are the three things that you need to, to be doing world-class to be yeah. successful? And even more, what are the three things that if you're leading a team, can each person on your team articulate what the three most important things that they need to be doing well are? Because I think that's one of the biggest things is lack of clarity on teams. And so I love Dr. Mo. That was good. Yeah, I love Dr. Mo. Dallas, I want to say real quick, when I listened to that and I heard him say that about the three things, I am like this person who has this list of a hundred things that I need to be doing. <laughs> and so when he said three things, I was like, oh my gosh, how can I narrow how to be great in a role to three things? But when I started thinking about those things, it was really great. It's very like you said, clarifying, really uplifting because you can focus on three things, but it's very overwhelming to think about the 50 things or the hundred things or even the 10 things that you need to be doing. So I loved it. I thought he was great. That actually was really helpful to me, helped me really think about some of the roles that I'm in and yeah. how to do those roles. So. Yeah, I like that a lot. And I think we've got time for one more. We'll do Brian Seeley. That was episode 11. And one of the things I just... I loved Brian's humor because he even, I think he even said it in the show, like he wanted to be a stand-up comedian, but then he hacked the FBI and it's okay, that doesn't really fit together. So he might as well have been. The guy is hilarious and it's authentic, man. He was cracking me up before we even got on the show. And then we talked a while after the show and he is consistent for sure. But I loved his humor <laughs> and his stories. It's incredible. Who hacks the FBI? Who does that? This guy does. Brian Seeley does. And he just had a level of authenticity, though, because he goes through this incredible story of hacking the FBI. And then he gets into how he worked with them and then it ended up. It was a tragic situation afterwards. Not his story about the FBI hacking, but after that, what with an adopted foster daughter and how that kind of led him into a place of substance abuse and how he was able to essentially get out of that and find help. And it was just cool because you hear this great, like, I'm a world-class hacker. I've just hacked the FBI. And then you see what's behind the curtain. And he just was okay and open with sharing that. And I thought that was really cool. He was just yeah, relentless. That was, that was my favorite part of his interview is when he got very real. Oh, I love that because it showed that behind all the funny and all the success sometimes, there's a real person and he went through real things and he really was able to let us in on that. And, yeah. and he hit rock bottom, but he didn't give up. Many of the guests that we've mentioned, yes. they experienced adversity, but he didn't give up and they didn't give up. And so I just feel like that was really inspirational. Yeah. He, I think he went to counseling, he put the pieces back together and now he's speaking all over the world and just talking yeah. and sharing his story, which is amazing and pointing people who have also gone through adversity and pointing them to a place where they can not give up and just say, okay, put one foot, in, one foot in front of the other and go to counseling, get right. I think go to AA, whatever it is, do what you need to do to get yourself healthy. So yes. that you can meet your potential like we're talking about. Oh, he was much more equipped after coming out and finding and getting and finding like overcoming some of the, the challenges he had with substance abuse. He's much more resilient now than he was before because he has, he just had a lot of better ways of coping with yeah, difficulties in life. So a lot of tools. So yeah, I thought that was really encouraging. And again, it's something that you could share. That's a fun episode that if you have a team member that's struggling, I've worked with, had, I've had employees before that struggle. The opioid deal right now in America is real. And I've had yeah. several employees in the past, different companies I've worked for and run that 
just struggled with it. And some were able to find help and others were not, and it cost them their career. And But this is something that, this is an episode that would be great to share with someone that may be dealing with that and just inspiring them to find help. And that everybody, it doesn't matter who you are, you could be a world-class speaker and hacker and you still can and have unhealthy coping, coping habits. All right, so we're out of time today, but I wanted to talk a couple, just the last little bit of the episode. We're going we're gonna to do some, we're going to do some shameless plugging for, not shameless plugging, we're going to just do some, we're going to have a great conversation around where Think Move Thrive, the last 10% is going in 2023. And I would love to just share with our listeners what we would like for them to do. So if you love the last 10%, there's a couple things that you can do that would help us create more episodes. Number one, you can like and subscribe to the last 10%. If you want to review it, that's great because that helps us get visibility. And the more visibility we get, the more listeners we get. And that's just fantastic because the more of that, the more it can help us produce this show and give us more resources to do that. Number two, please share it with your friends. If you like the last 10%, don't keep it to yourself. Go tell somebody about it. Share it with your team members. Share it with your friends. Number three, we would love to connect with you beyond the show. So don't be bashful. Find me on LinkedIn. It's real easy. There's not a lot of Dallas Burnett's on LinkedIn. Type in Dallas Burnett. You'll see Dallas Burnett, Think, Move, Thrive, LinkedIn. Send me a connection. Say, I listen to your podcast. I really enjoy your podcast and love to connect with you. Connect. I'll be absolutely connect with you on LinkedIn. If you have someone that you think would be fantastic for the show, and it can't be like, this is my nephew's brother's cousin, and you don't really know. If you have a guest that is re- that would be awesome for the show that you'd love to hear on the last 10%, Connect with me on LinkedIn and share their information. We'll see if we can get them on the show. Also, if you listen to The Last 10%, one of the things that supports The Last 10% is Think, Move, Thrive's one-on-one coaching system app. And so we are trying to grow that in 2023 in a major way. We really have seen a lot of success. When I demoed this app, one of the reasons that I created the app was when we demoed the coaching system at the company that I created it for. The And this is a guy on video, and this is not, I'm not getting crazy. It, but there was a guy that went through that in the first session in the demo, he made a commitment that he was going to quit smoking. And literally, he had been smoking for 15 years, and he went cold turkey that weekend because he had this epiphany over the weekend after going through this one-on-one. And he came back and he said, I've decided I'm no longer a smoker. I'm going to quit. And that was like three years ago, and the guy still is yeah. not smoking. It's unbelievable. And so and granted, yeah. that's a life-changing thing. So when I saw that on day one, then I was like, okay, we're on to something here. And what I would like to do is just encourage you because everybody doesn't have that story. Everybody, we've got hundreds of people going through one-on-ones every month now. And that's obviously, that was like he was sitting on a powder keg and we threw a match on and just went off. That's great. And sometimes that happens. But most mm-hmm. of the time, what we're doing with these one-on-one coaching sessions is just helping people commit to incremental improvement and reflection. And so 10 minutes of reflection and committing to incremental improvement just is, it makes unbelievable changes. So there's been a lot of other small things that ended up being big things in the organizations that use this. And that's why the organizations that use it are really loving it. If you have a team, it doesn't matter if you're in business, it doesn't matter if you're in ministry, if you're a nonprofit, if you have a team and you want to be intentional and you want to say, I am being intentional about developing my team members, my employees, the people that I am over and manage, if you want to say, I've got something that I can say is an intentional way that I can build trust with my team, that I can develop those team members and help them get better, then the one-on-one coaching system that's delivered through our one-on-one app 
is a great, very inexpensive tool that you can use. And we'd love to have more conversations with you about it. So don't be bashful. Connect with me on LinkedIn or go to thinkmovethrive.com and just shoot us a message or sign up for it. And we will help you get on board and get it with your team. We don't have any ads this time. So I just thought at the end, I want to tell everybody where we're at, where we're going in 2023. And that's it. So Danielle, thank you for being Should on the say, show. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Should we say that's a wrap? But also we should say Merry Christmas. <laughs> yes. yes, yes, it is Merry Christmas, Christmas time. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yes, a great show and a great time of year. We've taken a couple of weeks off over Thanksgiving. We'll be taking a couple of weeks off for Christmas, but we're coming back. We were actually, I was having a conversation last night with a future guest and it's going to be awesome. So 2023 is going to have a lot of cool guests that we've already started lining up. So you guys stay tuned and we'll be back in 2023. Signing off for 2022, Last 10%. Thanks for joining us today on The Last 10%. We hope you found today's content engaging and encouraging. Remember to subscribe to the podcast to hear the latest episodes and help us out by rating and reviewing us so others will join our community. We release new episodes every other Tuesday. This podcast can be found globally in any podcasting app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon. Subscribe today. Plus, visit our website, join our email list, and discover resources and info for your business and team at thinkmovethrive.com. Thanks again for listening to The Last 10%.